the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. As we're coming into 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and we, we went through verse 5, where Paul is talking to the Corinthians about the immoral brother that they had allowed, and in fact bragged upon their tolerance in allowing in the church. As we come to that section and we go forward, I want you to recognize as we read, we're, we're going to cover verses 6 through 13 today, and as we read through this, I want you to recognize there is a a very clear transition where Paul is moving from this one individual to the church itself. And his desire is that the church repent. There's a need for repentance not only for the brother, but for the church itself. Because as we know, and as he makes a mention of, they were allowing this to go on in their church. Now, I told you this last week, and I'll repeat it. They, they came, and they are living in a very corrupt society, very immoral city, where immorality was part of the, the way of life. And they had lived that way in that society. They were raised in it, and it was a part of the way they lived before they accepted Christ. Now, man apart from Christ... What does he live to? How does he live? Well, before they receive Christ, they live to their flesh. A man that does not have the Spirit of God, does not have the life of Christ, can only live to the flesh. He can only live to his body. He has nothing else to live to. And he lives to the appetites of his body, which is why immorality was so prevalent. That was living according to the flesh. And that was how the Corinthians lived before they had received their new life in Christ. And we've covered this truth many times in various ways, but this is what Paul is dealing with in the Corinthian church. They had been given a new life in Christ. They were saved just like you and I are. And that new life was from a new source. They had a new spirit within them. They had a new identity in Christ. They were in union with the Spirit of God. And now they were living according to the old life. They had set aside the truth of the new and were living to the old. Now that's carnality. 
They were seeking to, to, to gain life from the body like a lost man does, but there's no life to be found. There's no life to be found for the lost man in the body, and there's no life to be found for the carnal Christian in the body. We can pursue all, everything we want to pursue. We can do all that we want to do. But in the end, we come up empty. And we find that we only inflict a quicker death upon the very thing we're trying to enhance or save. The new life that they were given was spiritual life, eternal life, pure and holy life. Christ's life. They were no longer living to the new. They were living to the lie of the old. And this is what Paul is confronting. And Paul confronted this exact same issue. You remember when we went through Romans. The Roman church. This is the exact same issue. And if you go back, as I said last week, you go back through the Paulian letters, and you'll see that this is the crux of what he pinpoints in every little fellowship. What is the temptation? I have been given a new life in Christ. I have been made new. I have been given a new way to live. I have been given a new focus. I have been separated unto Him. What is now the temptation for me? Well, we can list off all the little individual sins, or we can look at the root. And the root is that the temptation is for me to see my life in this flesh, to live according to the flesh. And that doesn't, as I've said many times since we started this section, that does not confine itself to riotous living. It is also a part of religious living too. Because I can seek to know God according to my flesh. And that's what was going on. And we see that in the Corinthian church. There was all manner of carnality going on, but at the same time they're having church. They have spiritual gifts. All of this is taking place. But they're manifesting the fruit of the flesh. Well, how is that possible? How is such duality possible? Well, we, we think of it It's this way. Typically, our old vision of this sort of activity is that they were just being hypocrites. They were putting on a religious air, but all the while they really didn't feel religious, they didn't live religious, they didn't have any love for God, and they probably weren't even saved. And, you know, if they just loved the Lord enough, they could train their flesh to be good. You ever lived that lie? If you just loved the Lord enough, you could train your flesh, you could discipline your flesh to be all that God expects you to be. Well, I'm sorry, that's not where the departure took place. The calf had left the barn a long time before we came to that conclusion. The reality of it is that I have decided at some point that life is still in the flesh, but I need to live it unto God. And because I have discovered that I cannot consistently live a righteous life in the flesh, I've got to cover that up somehow. And even in my best, best day, I find myself begging God for forgiveness so that I can go on with the lie. My problem is not a, a sin problem. My problem is an identity problem. It's a flesh problem. That's what's going on in Corinth. They have an identity problem. And he, you saw him correct or address this in Romans. Romans 6, 4. Paul is, is putting it out plain and simple. He says, We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. 
So that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, so we too might habitually live and behave, live and behave in newness of life. How am I going to live this life? In newness of life. You have a new life. By faith, live in the newness of that life. Christians are to live and behave in the newness of their new lives. We're not to live after the flesh. And that's the principal problem that Paul's addressing. The Corinthians had forsaken the truth of the new in order to live to the lie of the old. Their tolerance, and I want you to get this, because I think it's missed. Their tolerance for sin in others was directly in proportion to their own self-indulgence. Their tolerance for sin in others was directly in proportion to their own self-indulgence. So when you see people, Christians, parading under tolerance, do not think it's because they're condescending to love someone less than themselves. The reality of it is that they too are embracing sin and it helps them feel better about themselves to embrace it in others. Well, that's a little rough, but that's the truth. I know because I've lived that lot. You know, the things we're most harsh on in, in terms of people's uh, failings is, is, are, the ones that, are the areas we fail in ourselves, aren't they? I can't stand that individual. It just seems like they've always got something terrible or negative to say about somebody else. I mean, you know, you laugh, but, you know, we've been there. Well, the issue, the principal problem was flesh. So Paul starts out pointing to a gross perversity that they were indulgent. He was even more concerned about the fact that they weren't even grieved by it. In fact, they were proud of their tolerance. So let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. In verse 6, he says, About the condition of your church, your boasting is not good indeed. It is most unseemly and entirely out of place. Do you not know that just a little leaven will ferment the whole lump of dough? Now, Paul is illustrating corruption, their corruption with leaven. You recall that the Passover bread was unleavened. In order for them to leaven, new cooks will bear me out, but in order for them to leaven a loaf, they would take a bit of the loaf, bit of the dough, they would separate it, and they would roll it into a ball. And then they would set it off in a bowl of water and let it ferment. In order to bring leaven to the loaf, they would take that little bit of leavened dough and work it into the whole loaf. The little bit of leaven would then leaven the entire loaf. Now, in the law of the Jews before Passover feast... They were told to search their homes, to cover every inch, to find any trace of leaven and put it out. They were not to have leaven in their homes at all. Now, tolerance would say, I can have leaven in the cabinet, but not in my bread. But the law said, there should not be any leaven in the house at all. So search the house and every trace of leaven must be removed. Now I read that this happened sometime in April. 
So it is, it is supposed that this is where spring cleaning came from. I don't know how true that is, but I'm going to blame somebody for it. The reality of it is, as a kid, I hated spring cleaning. It seemed like uh, slavery to me. As I've gotten older, I've learned that uh, it does have its good points, as long as I'm not involved. Now, this was a time when the, the, the Jews would, would completely clear their house in order to be ready for Passover feast. And the Jews identified the fermenting process, the leavening process, with putrefaction. And the law used to illustrate the corruption of sin with leaven. In the Jewish culture, leaven always stood out for a corrupting influence. So here's something I want you to understand when it says a corrupting influence. We are not as Christians corrupted against our will. Did you hear me? We as Christians are not corrupted against our will. We have to allow that corruption to take place. The root issue is that corruption begins. This is where corruption begins. It begins as we move out from living according to who we are as spiritual creations to living after the flesh. That's where corruption begins. Okay? Once we make that determination to live according to the flesh, whether it's religious or otherwise, we open the door to every form of sinful corruption. Because we're eating from the wrong tree, we are now open to every sin. So why are we shocked that people who have been ministering in the flesh for 20 years suddenly have a moral failure? We shouldn't be. Because flesh is flesh. Now the danger is that you can feel good about ministering in the flesh. You can feel righteous out of, uh, from ministering in the flesh. But you will ultimately fall. Because the flesh is not about perpetuating your righteousness. We'll go over this again later. But the reality of it is, Paul tells us that though our identity, who we are was literally changed in Christ, though we in our spirit are made new and pure and uncorruptible, our bodies, an instrument, still have the power of sin resident within them. They still are the product of Adam's sin. That's why they have to be committed to the Lord as a living sacrifice. If they are not committed to the Lord, they are a corrupting influence. They are, your body can become the leaven of your life. Now, that's not what God intended. But if you don't commit your body unto the Lord, if you don't recognize it as an instrument of the Spirit, if you don't walk in the truth that you are not a body with a spirit, you're a spirit with a body. If you don't walk in that truth, if you give the body free hand, then you will be going for counseling asking why in the world are, can't you control these desires? Why in the world do you have these appetites? Why in the world are you so weak? The truth is, you aren't. And they're not your appetites. You are not weak. Your spirit is strong in truth. And your desires are unto the Lord. And you are pure, and you are righteous, and you are holy. It is only when you identify with the flesh that you allow yourself to be corrupted and deceived. 
Once we make that determination, we end up indulging carnality. And when we indulge carnality, we're willing to indulge it in others. You know what this is? This is self-imposed deception. The scriptures illustrate the principle of corruption with leaven. Jesus said, beware the leaven, the corruption of others. In Luke 12, 1, Jesus is speaking and it starts out, it says, In the meanwhile, while when so many thousands of the people had gathered and they were trampling on one another, Jesus commenced by saying primarily to his disciples, Be on your guard against the leaven, the ferment, of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, producing unrest and violent agitation. Now, there's all manner of leaven out there, or corrupting influences, but they all have the same point of entry. And that's what you need to remember. They all have the same point of entry, and that is the flesh. The Pharisees' corruption was religious and was, corruption, was a corruption of the law to exalt and empower their own religious flesh. That corruption was embraced by the Jews, and eventually that little bit of leaven leavened the entire nation, that corruption. 1 Corinthians 5, 7. So what do we do? Paul says this is what you need to do. Purge, clean out the old leaven, that you may be fresh, new, Dough, still uncontaminated. Look at that word. Underline that word. Still uncontaminated. Okay? As you are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Paul is making the point. This is not who you are. This is not who you are. Separate yourself from the corruption. This is not just about the immoral brother. Notice he is taking this to the church now. He is speaking to the whole church. He says, separate, purge out the old leaven that you may be fresh. That you may be according to who you are in Christ. Still uncontaminated. He reminds them that they're still in Christ. Because Christ is our separation from corruption. Now, how do we... We say things like that, and they become good little things to put on Facebook. But do we really understand what that means? That Christ is our separation from contamination. Well, this is real simple. If I'm living according to the truth of who I am, I am living out my uncorrupted identity. But if I am living according to the flesh, then I am living to the world and to the appetites of the body, even to religious ideals. But I am living in corruption. In corruption. You see the difference? Jesus is our separation. He took our lives and he separated us, he made us new, and he took away the, the, slave, the headship of sin, the power of sin, of Satan, of the world, so that these things no longer had dominion over us. What was that? That was him putting a separation between their control and our new identity. So now, what's the reality? The only entree that the enemy has to your life, the only ground that he gains in your life, is the ground you surrender. That's it. 
It's the ground you surrender. The price has been paid. The sacrificial lamb was slain. The old is dead and the new is come. 1 Corinthians 5.8 Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, nor with the leaven of vice and malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of purity, nobility, honor, and sincerity, and unadulterated truth. Therefore, since this is true, let us keep the feast in the way it was intended. So, not with the old leaven. We don't worship, we don't do anything according to the flesh. You see, when he is addressing this, he's saying, I know you guys are keeping the rituals of, of, of Christianity. I know you're meeting together. I know that you're, you're assembling as the body of Christ. But you are not really keeping the feast because you're walking in with contamination. You're serving God up with, uh, with leavened bread. Leavened bread. It's leavened bread that you're serving. What does that mean? That means the corruption of sin is in all of it. Every bit of it. Not just the corruption of sin, but the leaven represents the corruption of flesh. And he says, okay, let's go back and keep the feast. Now, it's interesting. Because he doesn't say, you're totally disqualified from the feast. You can no longer have the feast. You need to shut the church down. You need to just forget it because you guys can't keep the feast. You've already ruined it. He doesn't go there. He, you know why he doesn't go there? Because nothing has changed about who they are. What has changed is their determination on how they live. And he says, look guys, it's time to keep the feast. It's time to be the church. It's time to be the body of Christ. It's time to cast out the leaven. It's time for purity within the body. And I don't say this in order to be, to be cruel, to be, uh, uh, isolationist or any of those things. I say that because the body is your home and you need purity in the body. My love for you, my desire for you is that you live in purity. That you find your home in holiness, in truth, in purity. Well, you say, well, that means we'd have to be perfect. Guess what? Guess what? That's who you are. So God says, look, are you going to live to who you are? Because when you live to who you are, you keep the feast. But when you live to the flesh, you leaven the whole mess. It's time to keep the feast. It's time to live to the truth. The unadulterated truth. Therefore, since this is true, it's time to get for- go forward in truth. The leaven of the world was now part of their belief system. They were tolerant of vice, malice, and wickedness. They rationalized and philosophized in carnality because they had chosen to be conformed to this world while naming the name of Christ. 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 5, verses 9 and 10. Paul says, I wrote to you in my previous letter not to associate closely and habitually with unchaste and pure people. Not meaning, of course, that you must altogether shun the immoral people of this world or the greedy graspers and cheats and thieves and, or idolaters, since otherwise you would need to get out of the world and human society altogether. Now, we don't have that 
particular letter in the text of Scripture, but apparently what they had was an ongoing problem. They were literally associating themselves with carnal Christians who were living in the depths of carnality, who were living according to the world. And the, the inference here that this was not just an association like we meet up at the cafeteria, the local market. This was, this, these were intimate associations. These were close associations with these carnal Christians. And they were embracing the carnality of their fellow believers. That's what they were doing. They were associating with, with and tolerating Christians who were immoral, living immoral and wicked lives. Now, here's the thing. Remember what, I, what we said earlier. You are only willing to tolerate sin to the degree that you see yourself that way. So they were tolerating this sin. They were identifying with these carnal believers. Now, the other thing I want you to recognize, and I'll bring this up again, is that in your translation it says to separate yourself from those who name the name of Christ, or it may say those who call themselves brothers. The reason for that is, is that Paul is not making a judgment as to whether they are or are not believers. He is saying if they name the name of Christ and they are living in their carnality, do not associate with them, period. Have nothing to do with them. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.